Welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, your central hub for all things related to education. Join us every episode for the most up-to-date tips and strategies on how to maximize student potential. Sit back, listen, and enjoy. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Scalar Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Huzefa. Hope you guys are having a good weekend, good start to the weekend. I know I am, but I'm doing something different in my daily routine for the last few days, and that's what today's show is all about. And what what I'm doing now, what I have changed, and this is something that is a big change for me is that I'm no longer starting my morning with coffee. Uh, Probably since I was 24, 23, 24, I've been drinking coffee regularly at work uh, while when I went back to law school, when I was working after that. And generally, just without really thinking about it, it was always a great way for me to start my morning and it got me going. I used to really enjoy the walk to whatever coffee place I'm going to or whether I'm making it at home. It's just something that got me in the zone, that got me ready to to begin my day. And then maybe if I felt so inclined, I would have some more in the middle of the day if I was starting to feel a bit tired. You know, something like that. And it it just became a very regular part of my routine. I didn't really see anything wrong with it. And today what we're going to be talking about is whether or not Coffee is a good way to get your mind ready for work or for studying in particular. If you're in college, if you are in grad school or whatever it may be. I know for younger kids, probably not a good idea to be drinking it at all. You want to wait till you're an adult. But we're going to talk about whether or not it actually is good for you. Because there's a lot of, there's a lot of information on both sides. And I don't claim to know for sure. I don't claim to be an expert at all. I'm actually trying this as an experiment. A friend of mine who is really big into nutrition and health, we were talking about our diets and different things like that uh, the last few days. And in addition to eating healthier and making some big changes for my to my diet where I'm adding a lot of greens and vegetables and so on and so forth and taking out some of the more unhealthy pieces of my diet like like breads, pastas, red meats, so on and so forth. He implored me to try to take coffee out. Now he did this himself I think a year ago and he told me that after a week or so of feeling very very lethargic he eventually felt like he was completely full of energy and in a very in a very in a very na- very natural was better and all the things and I, I just thought it was interesting because it does make sense if you think about it. We just shouldn't need coffee to have energy. We have natural energy. And when we are tired, we should probably sleep instead of drinking more coffee. So I said, okay, well, let me let me give this a shot. And so that's what I'm doing right now. Got to tell you so far, don't feel the energy boost. It's only been three or four days. I've actually been really tired the last few days. Probably means I've been working a little bit too hard. I've been drinking too much coffee to stave off the exhaustion, but we're going to see how it goes. 
But in the meantime, what I've been doing is to try and help myself make a, a good decision on this going forward after after this little experiment. I've been trying to read about it, and that's what I wanted to share with you guys today is some awesome articles that I found on the topic. And there's one on the, I've got one that's very pro-coffee and one that's very anti-coffee. Now, I will just say that I am more inclined to believe the articles that are anti-coffee. The reason why, because obviously there's great financial incentives for gosh knows how many companies that sell coffee, create, manufacture coffee beans, so on and so forth. There's a lot of incentive there to show that coffee is good for you. It has great benefits. So I'm a little wary of the articles that are pro-coffee. That being said, it still could be good for you. Just because there's money being made doesn't mean they're necessarily all being dishonest. I, I'm not, I don't mean to say that, but it is, it's something to be aware of as I'm going through both, both sides of the argument. So I'm, all I'm saying is I guess it, logic would lend me to the, would lead me to the belief that it seems like maybe it's, it's not so great. Maybe I should try living without it, but I'm open-minded and hopefully this will give you some guidance. If you have uh, a young adult, child, or yourself that is drinking a lot of coffee, take a minute, check out what I'm about to explain, and make a decision for yourself, or maybe do some more research. All right, so we're going to start with a pro-coffee article. It says, it's from authoritynutrition.com. It says, why is coffee good for you? And here are seven reasons. So we're going to go through all of the reasons that that this particular article espouses, and then we'll jump to the other article, which is called 10 Reasons to Quit Your Coffee. It's an article on the Huffington Post, huffingtonpost.com, by Dr. Mark Hyman. All right, so let's start. So number one, for pro-coffee, why is coffee good for you? Number one, coffee can make you smarter. Coffee doesn't just keep you awake. It may literally make you smarter as well. The active ingredient in caffeine is caffeine, which is a stimulant and the most commonly consumed psychoactive substance in the world. And caffeine's primary mechanism in the brain is blocking the effects of an inhibitory neurotransmitter called adenosine. Adenosine, I think I pronounced that right. By blocking the inhibitory effects of adenosine, caffeine actually increases neuronal firing in the brain and the release of other neurotransmitters like dopamine and norepinephrine. Interesting. That's, of course, important for me, always trying to, and any student who's trying to do well, you want to be firing on all cylinders, so it's interesting. Okay, number two, coffee can help you burn fat and improve physical performance. There's a good reason why, why you will find caffeine in most commercial fat-burning supplements. Caffeine, <clears throat> partly due to its stimulant effect on the central nervous system, both raises metabolism and increases the oxidation of fatty acids. Caffeine can also improve athletic performance by several mechanisms, including by mobilizing fatty acids from the fat tissues. Also interesting. All right, number three, coffee may drastically lower your risk of type 2 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes is a lifestyle-related disease that has reached epidemic proportions, having increased tenfold in a few decades and now afflicting about 300 million people. The, the disease is characterized by high blood glucose levels due to insulin resistance or an inability to produce insulin. In observational studies, coffee has been repeatedly associated with lower risk of diabetes. The reduction in risk ranges from 23% all the way up to 67%. Well, that's interesting. 
I'm this. I'm not so sure. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you my my hesitation here to buy into this one because they're saying that there's an association with a lower risk of diabetes. I could already see an explanation for why that is as opposed to a direct physical cause and effect relationship. So for example, if we have an association, well, probably the number one contributor to type 2 diabetes is the basically consumption of foods that are super high in sugar. And if we have, if you're drinking coffee, coffee also will naturally suppress your appetite to a certain degree, like all stimulants will. So, I mean, just from that standpoint, just because it's suppressing your appetite and you're eating less, I don't know if it's fair to say that it's it's helping you to avoid type 2 diabetes. I mean, you could say that, but it, you could say it the same way as drinking a lot of water would maybe do the same thing because it would fill you up and make you less inclined to eat some of these other things. This is just my take on it. There could actually be some concrete evidence tying some of the chemical properties in coffee to reducing your chances of type 2 diabetes. But that's that's just something to point out, something to notice. All right, let's move on to number four. Number four, coffee may lower your risk of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Not only can coffee make you smarter in the short term, it may also protect your brain in old age. Alzheimer's disease is the most common neurodegenerative disorder in the world and a leading cause of dementia. In prospective studies, coffee drinkers have up to a 60% lower risk of Alzheimer's and dementia. Okay, interesting. So again, we have, I mean, again, we, so we have a, a lower risk. I mean, this may be something a little bit different than type 2 diabetes. If they are perhaps claiming that we have higher brain activity associated to caffeine, okay, I can see that happening. All right, number five. Coffee may be extremely good for your liver. The liver is a remarkable organ that carries out hundreds of vital functions in the body. It is very vulnerable to modern insults such as excess consumption of alcohol and fructose. Cirrhosis is the end stage of liver damage caused by diseases like alcoholism and hepatitis, where liver tissue has been largely replaced by scar tissue. Multiple studies have shown that coffee can lower the risk of cirrhosis by as much as 80%, the strongest effect for those who drank four or more cups per day. All right, very interesting. All right, number six, coffee may decrease your risk of premature death. Many people still seem to think that coffee is unhealthy. This isn't surprising, though, since it is very common for conventional wisdom to be at exact odds with what the actual studies say. In two very large prospective studies, drinking coffee was associated with a lower risk of death by all causes. This effect is particularly profound in type 2 diabetics, one study showing that coffee drinkers had a 30% lower risk of death during a 20-year period. Number seven, coffee is loaded with nutrients and antioxidants. Coffee isn't just black water. Many of the nutrients in the coffee beans do make it into the final drink, which actually contains a decent amount of vitamins and minerals. A cup of coffee contains 6% of the RDA for pantothenic acid, vitamin B5, 11% of vitamin B2, 2% of B3 and B1, and 3% of potassium and manganese. May not seem like much, but if you drink several cups of coffee per day, then this quickly adds up. But this isn't all. Coffee also contains massive amounts of antioxidants. In fact, coffee is the biggest source of antioxidants in the Western diet, outranking both fruits and vegetables combined. 
Okay, so very interesting. Now, I know that the next article that we're about to parse actually rebuts this idea of the antioxidants. And we can see exactly how, why he, why this doctor, Dr. Hyman, says the antioxidants don't really mean much. And like I said, I haven't made my mind up. I'm not totally sure yet, but this is food for thought. All right, so here we go. So we're going into the Huffington Post article, 10 Reasons to Quit Your Coffee by Dr. Mark Hyman. So he begins, coffee, is it good or bad for us? You might get media whiplash trying to figure that out. The truth is, I find this subject to be as confusing as you probably do. After all, the media certainly doesn't help clarify whether America's favorite cup of joe is going to land you in the doc's office or set you free with a clean bill of health. And when one night's news report conflicts with another blatantly contradictory message, it is no wonder why so many of you shrug your shoulders in utter confusion as you refill your morning mug and get on with your day. While there are many controversies about coffee's role in the prevention of Parkinson's disease to breast cancer, I'm mostly interested in the conversation relating to its effect on blood sugar metabolism. Dr. Hyman then goes on to provide 10 particular reasons why he thinks coffee is not good for you, why he thinks basically most people should at least try to reduce or maybe even eliminate coffee consumption. So here are the 10 reasons he provides. Number one, caffeine in coffee increases catecholamines. I'm not sure if I'm totally pronouncing that right. Your stress hormones. The stress response elicits cortisol and increases insulin. Insulin increases inflammation, and this makes you feel lousy. Number two, habituation to caffeine decreases insulin sensitivity, making it difficult for your cells to respond appropriately to blood sugar. High blood sugar levels lead to arterial deterioration and increased risk of mortality related to cardiovascular disease. Three, unfiltered coffee has the highest amount of beneficial antioxidants, yet also leaks the most diterpenes, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, it's D-I-T-E-R-P-E-N-E-S, into your, into your system. These diterpenes have been linked to higher levels of triglycerides, LDL, and VLDL levels. So again, he's talking about these antioxidants, but he's essentially saying that their benefits are outweighed by these other chemical components. Number four, the helpful chlorogenic acids that may delay glucose absorption in the intestine have also been shown to increase homocysteine levels, an indicator for increased risk of cardiovascular disease, which tends to be elevated in diabetes. Number five, the acidity of coffee is associated with digestive discomfort, indigestion, heartburn, GERD, GERD, and dysbiosis, which is imbalances in your gut flora. Now, this is why my, my friend of mine in particular said that coffee may not be such a great idea in particular because of the acidity. Number six, addiction is often an issue with coffee drinkers and makes it really difficult to rely on the body's natural source of energy. Ask any coffee drinker about how it feels to withdraw from coffee and you will mistake their story for that of drug addicts. Well, that's pretty strong, but I, I don't know about that, but I can say that I've been very tired the last few days uh, with, as I've been essentially weaning off of my daily cup of coffee. Number seven, associative addictions trend with coffee. Why doesn't immediately, 
who doesn't immediately think of warm, frothy, sweet cream and sugar when they picture coffee? Surely the business of coffee has inspired a culture addicted to the sugary, fatty taste of what has become more of a meal than a drink. And that's true. I, I usually drink my coffee with a little bit of sugar and cream, but you definitely do see some of these ultra-sweet, loaded coffee drinks being consumed all the time. Number eight. 5-HIA, an organic acid and component of the neurotransmitter serotonin seen in the urine, tends to be elevated in coffee drinkers, which means they may be at risk for lower levels of serotonin synthesis in the brain. Serotonin is necessary for normal sleep, bowel function, mood, and energy levels. It is a vicious cycle as caffeine can disrupt sleep and promote anxiety and depression. We all know someone who tends to be tired, wired, and over-caffeinated. All right, number nine. Elevated urinary excretion of important minerals such as calcium, magnesium, and potassium have been noted in coffee drinkers. An imbalance in your electrolyte status can lead to serious systematic complications. And finally, number 10, constituents in coffee can interfere with normal drug metabolism and detoxification in the liver, making it difficult to regulate the normal detoxification process in the liver. Another issue to be aware of with coffee intake is how certain medications such as Thyroid medications as well as antidepressants are poorly absorbed, making symptoms curiously worse for patients. Okay, so those are the 10 reasons. Now, it's interesting. We have some contradictory information between the first article and the second article. In particular, they're talking about the liver and some of these other antioxidant benefits. So like I said, my research on this topic and my personal experiment with withdrawing from coffee in, in general is all is just beginning. So I'll keep you posted as I do more research and I see how it affects me in the long term. I'm really curious to see what happens. But in addition to pulling away from coffee, changing my diet to be much healthier, drinking a lot of water. So hopefully all of these together will have a positive effect, but we shall see. And I'll be happy to admit if it turns out that coffee is a good thing and we'll probably go back to drinking one cup a day as per my normal routine up till this point, but we'll see what happens. So again, if you or your child, maybe if they're a young adult and they're drinking coffee, have them check this episode out or point them to the articles that I just read from. Those will both be in the show notes. You can check out the show notes at www.scalarlearning.com. And as always, if you have questions for me, feel free to email me at huzefa at scalarlearning.com. would love to hear from you if you have questions or comments. And if you haven't done so yet, please go ahead and subscribe. We got new episodes coming out every day this summer. So it's going to be a lot of awesome information for everyone, for parents, for students. So I really hope you go ahead and subscribe in iTunes. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hopefully this was a helpful and fun episode. I know this is a very interesting topic for me. Have a great weekend. See you guys next time. Take it easy.